0: Episode 3, Hey Love Podcast. I forgive you, but you know what? I want to ask your forgiveness too.
1: Welcome to Hey Love, engaging the introverted woman in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces. Here, it's all about relationships. Hi, glad you're here. Have you ever found yourself feeling lost, wondering what you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to fit in, what your calling is in life? Well, after Jesus got a hold of me, I thought everything would get easier, you know? Things would just fall into place. But during my last year in college, I found myself feeling more lost and confused and afraid than ever before. I realized that I didn't know how to live life sober. When I had a drink in my hands, I was confident. I felt sure. I felt funny. I'd quit smoking and drinking and basically living in such a way that I was moving and going and constantly busy, so busy that I dropped every night. I quit living that way and now I didn't have a crutch. I had to feel my feelings and think about what I was thinking about and it was excruciating at times. One day in particular, I had the apartment to myself. My roommates had already left for their classes that morning, and the place was really quiet. I was just about a month out from graduating, and all my classmates and friends and sorority sisters all already had their jobs lined up. I got down on my knees. It was one of the first times I'd ever actually prayed out loud like that, and I felt like God was really hearing what I was saying. Not that you have to get on your knees to be heard, but I just... I don't know, something about that position, and it still does to this day, it makes me feel somehow more in tune. And I felt alone that morning, but I also had this strange sense that I was really not alone at all. I felt like he was listening to me and he cared about the words that were coming out of my mouth. I poured out my heart to a God that I could not see, and I really didn't know him very well, but I felt like he was eager somehow to help me and show me that he did care. In my raw, unedited prayer that day, I remember asking God to show me the way. The world seemed so big, and I felt so overwhelmed and afraid. What do I do? I'm scared that I don't have what it takes to be a grown-up, to live. Please help me, God. Lead me. Teach me. And during the course of that prayer, I don't even remember what else I said, but I remember my posture. You know, as I was on my knees, I felt inclined to just open my hands up. I was completely empty. And I felt like this nudge. I don't know how how else to explain it. I felt like he was encouraging me to reach out to a girl that I'd met a few years before. I had been on a road trip with a friend named Tammy Orr. She and I were always visiting cool places. This particular time, she asked me to go with her to a dinner in Dallas. She was meeting up with some friends who had spent the summer in Hawaii together on a project with crew, which was then known as Campus Crusade for Christ. Now, Kim would tell you that we met in Austin, but she's wrong. (laughs) We met in Dallas, and I would bet money on this. We still argue about this 30 years later. So in Dallas at that dinner is where I met a girl named Kim. She and I were the only two tag-alongs because we really had no right to be there at this reunion. We were the only two that had not really been on this Hawaii project. (laughs) But nonetheless, we were there. We sat across from each other at the dinner and we bonded instantly. She told me about how she'd convinced the University of Texas at Austin to give her college credits for going out and singing Christian songs in churches and nursing homes and orphanages around the country. I thought, this girl is brilliant. Too bad I'll never see her again. Because I was a space-headed college kid who never had the foresight to write down a new friend's number. And remember, this was before cell phones. If I did write it down, I probably would have lost it. So we said our goodbyes, and I thought that was it. Fast forward eight months. There I was, kneeling at my twin bed in that small apartment, crying out to God for guidance and help. And I kept seeing her name in my head and her face, Kim. At first, I couldn't figure out, why is this girl popping into my prayers? But I couldn't deny it. I felt like God was the one who brought her to mind as I was praying to Him. Maybe I'm supposed to travel with her, I thought. Maybe I'm supposed to help build the kingdom through her music ministry. Also, I thought, maybe it's a good idea for me to sit at Kim's feet because she seemed to really know God personally. And when she talked about His Son, Jesus Christ, it was like she was talking about a real person, Imagine that. Shortly after that time on my knees, I called my small group leader, Lori, and I asked her if she thought I was crazy. No, she said, and she joined me in the wondering and the praying. On another note, she added, I'm going out of town this weekend. You care to join me? I was big on road trips. Of course, I said, before I even knew where we were going. Lori said that her sister had an extra free Hotel room, free being the operative word. she was going to be at some conference, I think, somewhere in Texas. <laughs> I smiled and sighed. Does your sister, by any chance, live in Austin, Texas? No, she said. She lives in Dallas. But she is going to be in Austin this weekend for the conference. So three days later, off we went on a mission to find a girl named Kim, who is a out at the University of Texas in Austin. What I've just shared with you is exactly all that I knew about this girl. But Lori and I prayed that if God was the one who was indeed leading me to find this girl Kim, that he would confirm it and bring it to pass. Lori and I left on a Friday right after classes and made it to Austin just before dusk. We found our way to UT And there, in the heart of the campus, was this little bookstore. We went inside just as the lone employee was closing shop. Can you help me, I asked. I'm trying to find somebody. Well, what's her name, she asked me. Well, I know this sounds crazy. I only know her first name. It's Kim. But I know that she has blonde hair. My friend Lori didn't have to say a word. Her eyes said it all. Well, that's going to nail it down. Oh, and she sings. I was sounding desperate by now, I'm sure. Oh, and she's a Tridelt. As soon as I said Tridelt, the girl held up a CD. Is this the Kim you're talking about? Yes, that's her. We all cracked up. The shop girl turned the sign, locked the door, and called the Tridelt house right away. After she got Kim on the phone, she handed the phone to me. Um, hi, Kim... I don't know if you remember me, and I know you're going to think this is crazy, but I met you a few months ago at that dinner in Dallas, and I wonder if you have time to meet. Yes, I'm here in Austin. She remembered me right away. She was on her way out of town to do some concerts, as she did every weekend, but she postponed her flight so that we could meet. And at that meeting, I asked Kim if she needed help by chance with her tour, because when I prayed about what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life, that was one thing that God kept laying on my heart. I thought, this girl is going to absolutely think I'm nuts, but she didn't. She said, well, your timing is pretty impeccable because I've been praying for the last few months that God would send me someone to help me on this tour. Well, I ended up moving to Austin, Texas the day after graduating. We zigzagged all over the country. It was such a blast traveling together and learning all about how to walk the Christian life. I was excited to sit at Kim's feet and learn from her how a Christian lives, namely how a Christian girl lives and moves and acts and dresses and talks to guys even as she grieves. Because I learned shortly after I met her that her dad had been killed in a plane crash. And this was a, a real turning point for her in her spiritual walk with Jesus. We toured together for several months and then we ended up moving to Nashville together. Kim was the first of my friends to ever own a cell phone. It actually wasn't a cell phone at all. It was a a, a big, heavy device. It must have weighed four pounds. And it was connected to her dashboard in her car by this long wire. All our friends would fight over who got to sit in the front seat with her because we like to pretend that we were talking on her phone in her car, talking to someone really important. Kim is now a grandma, which is so hard to believe. She's also an author. Her first book was called Fit to be Mom. There was an accompanying video to that book called Life or Size. She was pregnant with her fourth or fifth. This was back in the day, and I was pregnant with my first. If you happen to see this video, please don't laugh at the chubby brown girl in the purple leotard. It was the 90s, man, and I was eating tikka for two. Kim's newest book is She's 12 Going on 20 with HarperCollins. She's had a slight, mm, how you say, obsession with shoes, and she'll confess where that came from, I'm sure. I'll ask her about the personality quiz that we sent her from the website, and if you haven't taken that, go to the website, Hey Love Podcast and take it. It's a really short quiz. It's only like three questions. It's just to give you a general, vague idea of what your relating style is. Kim doesn't drink chai. But she's big on drinking water. And she happens to eat dessert with just about every meal. She has the highest metabolism of anyone I've ever met. No way will you believe she's a grandma. She is a freak of nature in many ways. I love her dearly. Here's my friend Kim Camp. So can you tell me in a few sentences uh, maybe a fond
0: memory from your childhood with a best buddy childhood chum? I remember I moved to this school. I was in the fourth grade, and they nicknamed me Jackrabbit because I could beat all the boys in track. Oh, that's and great. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> and then this friend Julie was like, you know, it's cool that you can beat all the boys, but you've got to stop acting like a tomboy. And you were she, a tomboy? Oh, totally. My mom made me go to, to modeling class, and I would show up with my wow. softball glove and my softball because I was the shortstop. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I just was sure that, you know, there, there must great. be a, a better way than to wear dresses and look cute. <laughs> But Julie kind of took no me idea. under her wing, and she was the most popular girl in, in this new school where I of went. Grade. And in the fourth grade, and um, we became best of friends. I think I was just fascinated with her because she was different from me, and she was fascinated with me because I was different from her. Wow! And so she would wear these little platform, you know, shoes—what mm. we call wedges now—kind of like the ones I have on today. Yeah, but I but, love your shoes. Oh, thank you. So She's, cute. She taught. She taught me to value shoes. So, which much to my demise, I think um, in college I would get kidded because I took my car was full of shoes, and my friend who was following me with the truck had everything else oh, when I moved. Awesome.
1: Kim grew up in Houston with a
0: Texas-sized family. One of my favorite memories was to sit on the porch. We would take chairs out onto the front porch Mm. and have lemonade in the afternoon. And on a rainy day, it was so wonderful to sit on that porch with my granddaddy. Mm. And I never appreciated it until I went to college and came back. And I was like, I always sat Mm. here like he was making me do this from when I was a little girl. And then all of a sudden I saw the value in it. Describe your favorite room in your house now. Well, now I have several places I like to sit. Usually it is wherever I can be quiet. Mm. So um, I I really don't have a most favorite spot. In each room I have a favorite place to be whenever that room is the quiet place. Mm. I tend to have my my Bible and my journal and... I like to get it. I, and I have this chair that actually was my great-great-grandmother's chair oh,
1: that just keeps special. going
0: with me from house to house wherever I'm living. And wow. um, it has a little lamp that comes up, and that's mm. up in my bedroom. And I love sitting in that chair mm. in the early morning or at night just to collect my thoughts and mm-hmm. um, you know, read and, and just kind of be. Yeah. But, um that doesn't happen very often. You but know, I told I you, can, Kim, that
1: it. you were so influential on me. We were, you know, Kim is so such a dear old friend. She was the one that I moved to Nashville with thirty years ago. Can you believe thirty almost years to car, the day that we're doing this recording? I know. And wow, you were really the first glimpse of for me what it meant to be a Christian. And I learned so much watching you. And uh, we traveled together all over the country in the back of a suburban and set up sound equipment and let you do your concert. One thing I remember is every morning, no matter where we were, no matter what we were doing, you took time to pause and do your devotionals. And mm-hmm. I thought that was so striking. And then at night, of course, you religiously did your exercises. <laughs> and It didn't matter if this woman had a f- the flu. It didn't, I don't <laughs> care if she had 106 fever. She was going to do her exercises before she went to bed. It was, I've never seen anyone with that kind of discipline before or since you. Oh, you're sweet. (laughs)
0: It's true.
1: Yeah. But that was really striking to me. That's where I really learned the importance of, you know, your quiet time or your devotional time in the morning, first thing in the morning, how that sets the tone for the day.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's not that it alleviates all problems or guarantees an easy life. Or even an easy day, but just the practice of that and and how it opened me up to everything else that guy was doing throughout mm. the day, it made me tune in yeah it was real it's a really good practice and it's helped me so much
0: oh that's so, so encouraging cool. and i I just really credit that to my father mm. who there's a verse that I absolutely love in 1 Thessalonians 5 mm. and it talks about being sanctified entirely body, soul and spirit. Mm. And how we are all intertwined, you know, yeah. and and that if we aren't caring for one area, you know, and neglecting the other, yeah. then it We can't operate in the way that God has fully designed us to be as women, as young women, in whatever stage of life we are. And when I was 12, my dad... He was funny. He would make me walk around with a book on my head so that I'd have good posture. And you also had to meet with Grace Kelly. Oh, I did. I get remember to that. Meet. Oh, yes, <laughs> she said accent the natural. So definitely that meant no blue eyeshadow, since my eyes weren't blue. And oh, that's funny. So I, it was when I was just starting to experiment with those things mm. that he had somebody come and sit down and talk about. Just how to eat healthy and how in these three exercises that you're talking about of push ups, squats, and um, sit up. Sit-up. I, I don't exactly call them, I call them more crunches, crunches. now yeah. because I remember they, it's of course in time I learned that. It's very bad for your back to go too far up. Mm. So, um, but he taught me how to do those type exercises along while brushing my teeth or yeah. doing things that I do every day. Flossing. So that's exactly <laughs> what helped me, and I didn't even realize it was strange until I went to camp and <laughs> I walked in, and my cabin mates were doing a skit imitating me, and Are I you went, "Kidding? Oh." My gosh, I didn't even realize I did that. That it was unusual. <laughs> was oh, unusual. I remember
1: I would it be dog funny. tired. We'd be, we'd been traveling 10 hours in the suburban and then we'd set up, do the concert. And after this concert, you would sit and talk to people for, I don't know, four or five hours. And we'd tear <laughs> everything down, load it all back, put it in the suburban. And then we'd go to the hotel or house, wherever we we're staying. I think some nights we even spent the night in church pews. Probably. It seems like I have a big memory <laughs> that we just laid out maybe not even sleeping bags, but just like mats and, <laughs> and slept on church pews. And then we'd get up the next day. But even in the church, <laughs> you were doing your exercises. And I thought, who in the world does this? And you were doing crunches <laughs> while you were flossing your teeth. So great. I've Thank never heard you. of anything. We're telling everyone. No. I'm just playing. I, I didn't
0: talk about this I've now. Never,
1: I've never heard <laughs> or seen of anyone doing that. It was just so funny to me. But it got me flossing. Oh, well, that's encouraging. That's really true. And I <laughs> I it's very rare that I miss a night of flossing. That's awesome. Isn't that funny? How people really do influence each other. Isn't that amazing? We, we really so, do rub off.
0: We really do and it's incredible so how your sweet and kind spirit mm. is what ministered to me so much mm-hmm. in the midst of all of that when everything was chaotic and going crazy you were steady wow and that's wild you really always <laughs> and i was like god could not have sent a more amazing gift of friendship then he gave to me and you and how we just happened to sit next to each other at this dinner. Yeah. That isn't that the crazy was in story? Austin, Texas. And we just, even
1: though it was Dallas, we're talking, neither of us, lived, neither of the us lived
0: there. We were there through mutual friends. I almost didn't go yeah. to the dinner Yeah and the Lord just knit our hearts together, in that conversation across the table, in the midst of trying to talk to everybody else too. Yeah. And it was like God we had ordained that. That was a Godsendal meeting. Absolutely. It was so beautiful. Godsendal? Yeah. Did you I, did you make up that word? I've never. Heard I that. didn't make up that word. Um, the, that was this girl Stanton. That was my friend that. in college, and she said it, and ever since she told me that word it 's just it's been so a mantra of mine because yeah. i 'm like that 's the only way to explain certain things it's perfect it, because we can 't say it 's an accident because we know god 's hand is in it, mm-hmm. and you know especially when talking to somebody who totally is disconnected from God, mm. somehow it seems to bridge that gap and not seem offensive. Yeah. Whereas if I just say, well, God did it, oh, whatever.
1: Right. But God's still, It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's really cool. It and then you stop and think, wait, did she say, <laughs> like <laughs> I did? So Kim, tell me next, who is one woman who's helped shape your character? You talked about your grandpa and your dad.
0: Yes. And so what
1: about a woman?
0: My grandmother... Mm. She she had a book of Psalms and Proverbs.
1: Mm.
0: And I it got passed down to me when she went to heaven. Oh. And my tear, my tear, my tear mm. and granddaddy are in heaven. Yeah. They they went home to be with the Lord within six months of each other, wow. just in time to have their sixty-fifth wedding anniversary <sighs> in heaven. I so my grandmother every day would read the five Psalms and one proverb. Mm. And now I have that book. And she would tell me in the midst of the Proverbs that this is your instruction book for life mm-hmm. and specific answers wow. for how to live and love well. So that was something that's carried with me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And she lived it. She
1: did. What do you hope that a friend might say at your funeral mm-hmm. when you go home to be with Jesus? When
0: I Coming off of that last question, I really would pray that people that someone guessing a child or a dear friend would say that Kim loved people well That's oh, absolutely really my prayer because for me, that in this whole sanctification process of just growing through life and and learning the same lessons over and over again i Am continually showed how I have and how I have not loved people well, Mm. and then how I can make a change today in whatever area God has just revealed. Mm -hmm. Usually it's something that I have been completely blind to Mm. and have not realized that I was doing this specific thing that was hurting this person. You know, that's uh, evidence of... Maturity.
1: I mean, I always saw that humility in you, but it's like it's expanded over the years. So that's evidence that He's working in you. He's working in me. Yeah, we've grown up together almost. I know, isn't it incredible? As as Christians, like I I was a baby when I met you.
0: You were so funny. I had a lot of head knowledge, Mm. but a lot of the practical, real life way of living out what God was calling me to how God was calling me to live hmm. is a lot of what I learned through your childlike faith hmm. as you grew and lived it out in a very real and practical way that that helped me connect where God was calling me to walk and how do I do this so cool he used us both mm mm-hmm. What do you wish that
1: you could tell the 20-year-old version of yourself about relationships? That's right about
0: when I met you. It is. So so this would be your relational, do try this at home. Do try this at home. I would say that Carthy's theme for this podcast is to be interdependent and to build relationship and community. Mm -hmm. And, And when I was in my 20s, I thought I really understood that. Hmm. And if I had to tell myself anything, it would be to dig deeper into that subject and what that really means. Hmm. Not a definition that I can understand, but a calling on life day in and day out, minute by minute. What does it look like? Yeah. Because that's right. the hard part. We can talk about great philosophies. I'm not. Oh, I'm not going to be this independent liberal woman who won't even let a guy open my door. But I'm also not going to be this codependent woman who needs him and needs everything and right. needs all these people to meet all my needs. Right. That there is this beautiful balance that God has created for us called interdependence, yes. where. God is working in and through us and through the horizontal relationships we have here on earth. And I thought I understood that. Mm. As I look back in my life, that is what God keeps teaching me over and over again. Wow! And the core of it is trust in Him. Mm. So even community,
1: it's about trust in Him. It really is. Tell me more about that. How does trust in God play into community and living interdependently
0: because as you've shared about the easiness of isolating ourselves absolutely we don't have to be accountable to other people we don't have other people looking at our life closely it allows for me at least it allows a lot of justification of my choices Mm. whatever they are and um it allows me to enter society to get what i need and to interact enough or to be involved at church yeah. or in the community through yeah. different projects or um, non, working with nonprofits, going down to the mission. All those are great things. Yeah. But those can all be huge distractions that actually are keeping us from trusting the Lord With what's going on deep in our souls, at least for me, it's the I, I can go and get comfortable. And then when I start to feel uncomfortable, because they're seeing too much that needs to be seen and worked through. Like in I a way, can, yeah, imperfections. Yeah, lots of imperfections. I can go in, back into my little cave. It's a word we both use. Yes. It's so easy to stay there. And for me, I'm very extroverted but introverted. I have a really hard time labeling one or the other huh. because I, that alone time is required for me to be able to love people well. Yeah. To go out and slay the dragons. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And and the trust going back to that word. Yeah, is when I retreat, it's because I'm not willing to trust God with whatever Mm. is going on in my soul, or with that circumstance, or. Mm. And sometimes I'm in the middle of something that is really hard, Mm -hmm. and. Pulling away just like Jesus did when he pulled away and had that time alone with God. Mm -hmm. I think that's the difference that we as women can really understand as we hear the voice of the Lord. Are you calling me away to get refreshed because I trust you, because I rest in you, or am I running from something in my circumstance that you are trying to grow me through? That you, or it's a discipline in my life that needs to happen. Yeah.
1: So it sounds like a really, a line between solitude and isolation. Yes. So we need to make that distinction really clear in our yes. hearts. That's good. Great point. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Tell me what's your style of relating. Did you, did you get to take that quiz? I did, and I'm like a party girl.
0: <laughs> party girl. Yes. The only one I I had... My dealing with conflict, though, and you can tell me if I was this way in my 20s, I kind of remember that I was this way, mm. but um, I, I'm pretty much not one to just avoid conflict or run from it. I I like to deal with it yeah, and talk it through. So I had a hard time with that first one because I didn't feel like any of them really matched yeah, the because way the party that
1: girl I- in that one, I think, was the one who um, distracted the other person and made right. them laugh instead of dealing with the conflict. But that, yeah, I wouldn't say that was characteristic of you, not even in your 20s. Really? No. But I would say that I avoided conflict. I was much more afraid to deal with conflict than, than you were. Mm-hmm. And so when I, you know, there was a couple of times where I got mad at you for something. Yeah. And it was like, I, instead of going to you and directly saying, Hey, Kim, you know, that hurt my feelings. Um, can we talk about this? It, you know, I would just let it bottle up and then a week later it would explode on you. And it was really hurtful for you. And I saw the impact that it had on you, the effect that had on you. And that really, made me step back and go, what am I doing? Why am I holding these things in? And there's got to be a better way. So that really... Because you never lashed out at me, even though I was ready to bite your head off. (laughs) Because I didn't know what to do with my anger. I did not know how to confront. And I think Mm -hmm. the way you grew up was so different. Not that, you know... I don't mean to sound like it was a perfect upbringing Mm -hmm. by any means. I'm just saying... I feel like you had a lot more relating and communicating going on. Right. With your mater and, grand, and granddaddy, and then, you know, um, your nanny. I remember you yes. talked about your nanny a lot and how she taught you so much. Yes. And she meant the world to you. And so I feel like, you know, I didn't know how to talk about any feelings, let alone anger. Right. So it scared me when I felt. Something towards someone I loved you, and so I would just hold it in and go and feel ashamed. Wow! I should not feel this way towards Kim. And so when it finally just came out sideways, like you're trying to hold a beach ball underwater, and it would just burst through the water surface. Yes, that's what it was like. And you know, I want to take this opportunity to say I'm sorry for those times that I blew up at you and ask you forgiveness because I did not handle it well.
0: Of course, and you were a princess. I forgive you, but you know what? I want to ask your forgiveness, too, because what was fueling your anger were things that I was blind to, Hmm. and I didn't recognize the way that I operated. There was one girl, Mel, who was a missionary's daughter, who Hmm. was very mature in the Lord, and she came to Nashville and moved in with us, and I... I would ask her to do something, or in, something that maybe was out of the wheelhouse of what our understanding was, uh-huh. and I expected her to work with me, uh-huh. and and then she would she would just keep her healthy boundary, mm. and I didn't understand how much in certain relationships I became very manipulative, trying mm. to create whatever I thought it was that in justifies the means mm. process that I did not realize how focused I was on the task and the outcome. Wow. And it was amazing. And that was the beginning of God starting to teach me how to love people well and to deal with my human nature of manipulation and being mm. taught since a very young age, how to always win. Wow. And God really took me back to convict me of it. Almost had to take me to the other end of the pendulum wow. before then bringing me back to a more balanced place. But I praise the Lord for her because mm. she had the maturity to challenge me in that area that I didn't see at all, wow. that really hurt people. And I mm. would almost stand 100% on the fact that that's what I was doing. Wow, that led Kim, to your anger. That means anger. so much to
1: me. Thank you. <laughs> I totally forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fun. Isn't God good? He, he can is totally so good. Restore.
0: Isn't it amazing wow. how we can grow together over thirty years? Yeah. And encourage and challenge each other and yeah. see places where it's awesome. God has grown us in a beautiful way that yeah. is so Him. It's nothing that. It's true. We could have manufactured. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> Thank you. It means a lot. How beautiful it is to know that, that it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Mm-hmm. And the grace and the love. Winning's no longer the focus. So that honest. It's, it's being open. I hate to use that word again. but. To present, present. Yeah, yeah, very present with what God is doing yeah. and hearing his voice. He has he has taught me just real recently in the last couple of years, if you will give this to me and mm. pray and, and put it on the altar and let me do my work, rather than trying to through your actions, through your words, even through mm. all these good things, manipulate something to have a certain result. Let mm-hmm. me do it That's and watch awesome. me work. And yeah. that has been the key to bringing it all together is that when we walk in the Spirit, it's only through Him that these things can be evident in yes. our lives.
1: Absolutely. It's true. not
0: anything that we do or we manufacture freedom. to get, it's total freedom. That's in awesome. Many moons ago, I asked Him to
1: explain to me the difference between salvation and sanctification. And because I'm a simple-minded girl who tends to forget things a lot, I ask her
0: again today. When we become a Christian, it's just like what you have said, mm-hmm. that Christ paid for all of our sins, past, present, future, yeah. done. Yeah. So in Him, we are dead to sin. But we're human. Mm -hmm. Our living out life is sanctification. We are still human. And that's where the power of the Holy Spirit living through us, in and through us, produces the fruit of the Spirit. Like a process. Yes. So sanctification,
1: you would say, is a process. And salvation is a one-time deal. Yes. Yeah. See,
0: she says it so well. No. (laughs) It's just the same lesson with whatever new layer of stuff he reveals to me. Yeah or he allows to happen through my circumstances Mm -hmm. whatever it is Mm -hmm. especially as a mom Mm -hmm. trusting with my kids when they were little when my boys were so wild all three of my boys have either either been to juvenile or jail and my daughter is very open about the fact that she's been abused and my youngest daughter has watched them all and is determined not to make the same mistakes so Mm. I think that all my kids have just grown through these seasons of life, and it's only by the grace of God that now they are completely sold out to the Lord. And oh, that's it's, great. It's a miracle. I'm so glad. And so I just look at this whole path, and I'm, I'm guessing when I finally do get to meet my Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. that I am truly... People will look back and say, yes, she was the Philippians 1-6 girl. In this, I am confident that he who began a good work in me will continue to perfect it until the day of Christ, and now it is perfected. Amen. Kim and I discussed the role of community in the sanctification process,
1: how God uses others to grow us like iron sharpens iron. I don't know about you, but it kind of brings up a violent image for me. I picture two pieces of metal over a fire rubbing against each other really hard. (laughs) Sounds painful, at the very least unpleasant.
0: But Kim paints a different picture, one of grace. What has ministered to me are people who have been willing to love me well in those places and walk through it until I'm ready to grow through it. That's great. And as I've had people do that with me, God has taught me to do that with the other people in my life that may frustrate me because they don't see yet. It's, it's really helped me have so much grace and because of people having so much mm-hmm. grace with me. It's a chain. It's a reaction. So
1: true, Karth. Powerful
0: really is. And when
1: you think about parenting, oh, my goodness. I know. The grace that we can extend to our kids because we really are acknowledging and appreciating the grace that was extended to us. Yes. From God, ultimately, but through our community, Mm -hmm. we need to see it with skin on. We need to see it in our midst. And that's the beauty of Jesus is that God came down and lived in our neighborhoods. He did. He moved in next door. Right, he's He's with us. He's a with-us God. When is the last time you felt joy from head to toe?
0: I feel joy every morning. Really? I do. I just, of life, it's like my feet hit the floor. And I love getting up early enough to watch the sunrise. And sometimes I purposely try to get up early enough to go to my favorite spot. Mm. And the most joy is looking out. And seeing the skyline of Nashville mm. with the sunrise awesome. with just the beauty of the morning oh, that's great. that God has gifted us with this amazing place to live. Yeah. And how grateful we get to, to be here in the sunrises every day and he gives us another day.
1: That's beautiful. I love that childlike wonder that you have. You still have it. When we were driving around in the suburban with Lawrence, it's
0: with Lawrence, we
1: were driving crazy because you and I were both crazy about seeing sunsets. We, I know. And I have since become an early riser. Now I'm an early riser, and I love to go out for early walks and I love sunrise. Yes. But when we were driving around in that gold suburban. <laughs> We would freak over these sunsets. I know. And we saw him over every skyline and every plane so and every field in this country as we zigzagged all <laughs> around, you know, these early 20-something-year-olds. And we would drive him crazy because we couldn't <laughs> stop talking about him. Look at, oh, it looks like God used purple in that one. Drove him nuts, I know. I'm sure. I don't know how he put up with us. He was long. a very
0: patient man. This yes. is this is someone who I knew since childhood. And really? he was very good with sound. And so he got elected to travel with us and be our <laughs> sound man and driver. Such <laughs> Poor a Lawrence. Sweet guy. He was so oh, dear. Brilliant. He and, and the great thing about Lawrence is we could have a problem with the sound. Like we could have no sound and the concert was going to start in ten minutes. And Lawrence always fixed it. Somehow he would fix it. <laughs>
1: It he was mind blowing. It
0: really was amazing.
1: I mean, we would be ready to be doing, we were totally prepared to have you do everything acoustically. <laughs> and he would say, well, it's up and running now. Yeah. I don't know how he did it, but he really, he was brilliant and he had the hand of God on him. <laughs> he
0: really did. It was That's definitely so an neat. adventure. It was. And that we got to do it together was so very So amazing. amazing. I love you, Karth. I love you, Kim. <laughs> this whole process of
1: getting back in touch with old friends, interviewing them, having them over for chai, and then editing their interviews, its the whole thing has been so edifying for me. I love my friends, but when there's reconciliation between me and one of them, I just, I cannot even describe it. I feel like I love Kim even more than I did 10 minutes ago. It's, so true. You you know, there was no way in the world we could have planned for a moment like that. When she apologized to me, it was like something lifted, and I cannot explain it. There was a shift in the atmosphere. It's not like I had this resentment toward her all these years or anything, but the air just felt clearer now that we've forgiven each other for something. I mean, even though that was 30 years ago, I guess... There may have been some residue that I wasn't even really aware of, but now I feel like our friendship is even richer and deeper than it was. This is crazy, and I am so grateful. Only God can do this. I was so glad to hear that all her kids have found their way back to Jesus, even after enduring a terrible divorce. I don't know a divorce that's not terrible, but all her kids have made it. And, you know, through the whole thing, She's never shown any guile. My friend Kim, I mean, it's. I remember walking with her through some of that divorce process, and she never gossiped. She's never come across bitter. She's always been honest about her feelings and the sadness, and sitting in it, and I'm just so proud of her. I have learned so much about the way God works through my friendships, especially my friendship with Kim. You know, when I think back on the way we met... That was really when the Lord started speaking to me about leaning into his understanding first and seeking his kingdom first. One of my pastors, Michael Easley, was addressing the singles in our church recently, and he put it this way. The best method for you as a single person to find your mate is to run toward Jesus with everything you got. And as you're running toward him, in your peripheral vision, you may catch out of the corner of your eye, someone who's running alongside you. And then the two of you can lock arms and run together. That may help you as you're searching for the right job or the right mate or the right agency for your adoption or your school. Whatever decision you have to make today, run toward him first, and the rest will fall into place after that. Kim's charity of choice is EnslaveryTennessee.org, and I was so excited to hear this because that is an organization that's near and dear to my heart. I've worked with Enslavery for the last three years, and um, they are doing so much in the way of helping survivors of human trafficking and um, moving more and more into the prevention arena. So, Go check out their website. They have awesome videos and information for days. And if you don't have an End Slavery in your area, contact the one here because their headquarters are um, just stellar in the way of communications. And they will point you in the right direction if you want to get involved. At the very least, go to their website, EndSlaveryTennessee.org. That's EndSlaveryTennessee.org. TN.org. Just another way to live out love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. And the first of my friends to ever have a cellular de, a cellular, de, de. Absolutely It was Did so you beautiful. Say yes. <laughs> Did you? Oh sorry. I'm getting used to these lovelier mics.